Thank you, Jesus. You guys, will you just bow your heads? Father, we just thank you. Thank you for that worship song. And, and I just pray we just receive it this morning. It's that, that my heart needs a surgeon. Lord, we just, we just submit our hearts to you. Cut out anything, Lord God, that's bad. Cut out the stuff that you know we don't need to have in there. And Lord God, I just thank you this morning for such an outcry. My heart needs a healing. My heart, no matter how many times it's been broken, Jesus said in Luke 4, 18, that he's a mender of a broken heart. And I just love, I love that. That is just, it's what, a, what, an admit, what an admittance that God, I cannot do this without you. I cannot, I cannot walk another step without you. I cannot move without you. Lord, do cut out, do whatever you got to do. In my heart, I just, I just want to wake up normal again. Just, you know, I'm, just, I'm just trying to get to zero, you know, and, and be a blessing. And I, just, I just pray and I thank God for whatever we desire and hunger for him to do in us. We, we just receive it and submit that to him um, and just a passion. It's just been this uh, overwhelming. Uh, I know in my, my own personal self, I'm just, I just feel like I'm so desperate for something to happen, I, and I'm not saying the world's going to end tomorrow, but I just feel like we're just in some last times for people. It's just even in the middle of the night where God has just been waking me up and just like, please don't let them get, don't let the lost get left. Reach out. Be, be a light in this dark world. Be someone. And, and C.S. Lewis wrote this, said, the dullest and most uninteresting person you can talk to may one day be a, cre a creature, which if you saw it now, you would be strongly tempted to worship. It is in the light of these overwhelming possibilities that we should conduct all our dealings with one another, all friendships, all loves, all play, all, poli all politics. There are no ordinary people you have never met or never talked to a mere mortal. And Lord Jesus, we just receive that, Lord, that we treat everyone we meet and come across with the utmost importance that they are a child of the Most High God. We do it, Lord God, according to Matthew 25 and verse 40, when we've done it to the least of them, we've done it unto you. That, Lord God, let us treat them with, as a person, Lord God, that if they don't know you, what, they, what their possibilities are, what their potential is, Lord Jesus, that we need to make sure that we honor that potential, make sure we honor that possibility, make sure that we know that they are a child of the Most High God, and we will treat them as such. And Lord God, I just thank you, Lord, for, for the hour, Lord God, the hour that we live in, the hour that we currently stand in, that you've called us to such a time as this, Lord, that we may move forward and, and honor you and, and reaching out to others. Give us words, Lord God. Give us wisdom, Lord. Give us direction on the words that need to be heard and words that need to be spoken, that, Lord God, it comes forth. And that comes from doing, a surgeon, doing surgery on our heart. Speak according to Psalms 51:10. Create in me a clean heart, renew in me a right spirit, and return unto me the joy of my salvation. Lord, I don't want to get to heaven and realize how many people I could have reached, and realize what I should have done. Lord, I want to be available, and I want to be what you've called me to be on this earth right now. And Lord God is just desperate for the desire and hunger for people to know you. Lord God, a passion for evangelism, a passion, Lord God, to be a witness, to, to be called. I don't want my friends hanging around me, and then I go to heaven, and they don't. I, I don't, Lord Jesus, I just pray, Father, 
and I surrender in such a way that you can do and say and have every part of me anytime you want and desire. That I have a surrendered lifestyle, a surrendered mindset, a surrendered heart, Lord God. I don't want to take another second for granted. I don't want to just assume everyone's going to be okay and everything's going to be all right. I don't want to just assume that. I don't want to create a fear time, but Lord, I want an hour of just, of just, just speaking that, that God loves you. God cares about you. And I don't want to go to heaven without you. And Lord God, I just thank you for you giving us those, those words. Father, we pray healing over our families, our loved ones. We pray healing over this land and this nation. We thank you, Lord God, that we humble ourselves and pray and seek your face. And we know that we know that you are healing our land. We thank you according to Daniel 10, 12. You heard us as we prayed the first time. We believe it is done. We believe it is so. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen, amen. You may be Let's pray over our service. Uh, repeat after me. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can be what it says I can be. And I can do what the Word says I can do. It's the living seed of God living in me and I'll never be the same never 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 will I be the same God increase pastor decrease give me ears to hear what God has to say gonna walk with power not at the loss get left amen you guys may be seated thank you guys for praying so we're gonna jump in and we're gonna move through I mean kind of it's kind of quickly kind of short I always think they're short, but then I start talking. Uh, but it's handle with call, and, and, and everything we do in life, we need to handle it with our call, with what God has called us to do. And, what, and God has called us all to do something. If it's nothing more than just uh, being a blessing and serving and being a light in this world. So everything I do, I need to handle it like my call depends on it right like my call is is interesting breathing through the call so and this is basically the hand of God in Exodus chapter 4 verse 1 through 4 obviously God has called Moses this is Moses's time he's about to go before people and he is trying to make sure that they're going to know that he's from God and all that good stuff so and it says in in verse 1 uh, Moses answered and said but behold they will not believe me nor hearken unto my voice for they will say, the Lord hath not appeared unto thee. And the Lord said unto him, what is that in thine hand? And he said, a rod. And he said, cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from before it. Amen. Ain't that a good verse right there? Right there. That's, the, that's, that's, a, that's a move of God right there. That thing turned into a snake. Moses got out of there. And the Lord said unto Moses, put forth thine hand and take it by the tail. And he put forth in his hand and caught it and, and caught it and it became a rod in his hand again. Now, you got to admit that's some wild stuff, right? You, you're walking around with this in your hand the whole time and God tells him, put it down and it turns into a serpent. Now, if you guys all seen that, uh, obviously the other magicians can copy that. But what happens, what's the difference between a copy and what God is doing is God is always greater. The copy will always be consumed. They threw theirs down. It turned into snakes as well. But Moses' snake ate theirs. And then he picks it back up, right? Now, 
whole thing is about how are we handling what God has put in our hands to do? Because the way he told him to pick it up is really what we want to focus on is he said, grab it by the tail, right? And, and I can think of some obvious reasons. Number one, God really, I, I just do not like snakes. I just don't, don't tell me they ain't poisonous. Don't try to get me to, they always try to get me to befriend them. No, I don't. They slither. They, they, I, I, I can't get there. But Moses, Moses ran and then came back, right? So it may be initial when God tells you about what he's called you to do and what he's going to use you to do. Sometimes you may not always be on board, but you have to come back and respond the way God called you to respond. And he says, pick it back up, regardless of what it turned into, pick it back up and pick it up by the tail. Pick it up according to way. So we really can't see what is actually in our hands until we release it under the command of God, right? I, I don't know how great I can be until I give myself to God and surrender to God. And once I surrender to God, God can show me what I'm carrying. And he can show me exactly how strong and how powerful what's in my hand and what's in my life really is when I lay it down for him, right? He says that, that, that if you would lose your life for my sake, then you would gain your life. Until I lay it down, I won't even recognize even my gifts can turn into something I don't like sometimes. Even my very gift that I got, and if I don't handle it properly, if I don't take care of it properly, if I don't watch out for what I'm doing, my own gift could turn around to bite me, right? Because if Moses grabs that serpent by the hand, he's, head, he's gonna get bit. And sometimes we grab our gifts without respect, right? I, I, now, again, I can only, I love Nat Geo Wild, but I can't watch the snake shows. I dream about them, right? I dream about them. So I was like, if you, I mean, maybe not y'all, maybe just, just the, if you watch something over and over again, you begin to dream about it, you know? I once was told that by my relatives in Louisiana, they were country people, and, and their ghosts were country. You know, everybody else goes, just boo. There's boo, y'all. You know, it's like their stuff was like they dreamed in country. And what, one of the things that we have to understand that if we're not respectful for what God has given us, we are not going to carry it with the gift that it's supposed to be. We cannot deny what God has given us. He's given us the word. We, we cannot glaze over it and gloss over it and not consume it and take it the right way. There's a right way to sit under the word of God. There's a right way to study and read the Bible, right, where you're grabbing it in a way of respect to the gift, the rod. We saw the rod do great things, right? He split the Red Sea with it in his hand. He tapped the rock. He got water out of it. But it all started when he learned how to respect it and carry it. As believers, we got to know how to carry ourselves. Our gift, our life, our commitment to God, that thing must be carried according to what God has called us to carry it. And it's a command that things are easy to release. If, if they are consuming too much, if we got too much of our gift, it's not going to be easy to give to God. We'll start taking the credit. We'll start giving ourselves a pat on the back when it should have been all God. He said, lay it down because you don't even know what you're carrying. That thing had never been a snake until he laid it down. Gosh, I thought about this. I, so much potential is missed when it is not under the authority of God directing us to hang or hang on to it or release it. Whatever doesn't fall under the authority of God misses possibilities and misses its potential. 
No matter how good it be, no matter how talented it is, there's a greater potential when it's underneath God, when it's released to God, when no matter what my study is, at, like, like in the morning times when I'm running, I get these, these study times and it's time of Bible, I, I stop, I write it down because I want to release it to God and say, God, is that for now? Is that for later? Lord, I want to lay it down for what it's supposed to turn into. You know, you can give the right word at the wrong time and it can bite people more than bring them together. It is not how good the word is. It's whether we're willing to lay our lives down and let God use it through us. All right? Steaks are good. Amen? But if someone brings you a steak on a trash can lid, you're not going to want to eat. You're not going to want to eat. Well, this is a brand new trash can. I don't care if you just brought it out of the store. I know what that lid's supposed to cover in its future. Right. And, and so you can bring out the best, but it's how we handle it, how we how we carry ourselves. I can be saying something great, but if my walk doesn't match it, no one's going to eat it. My very words will start biting people. That's why a lot of times you hear most time you hear people say they're just hypocrites in the church. Duh. Where else are they going to be? It's a good place. You don't find hypocrites in bad places. You don't find them at the bar faking it. They, this is where they would be, and it's not the fact that they're hypocritical. It's the fact that they're, they're trying to live a life and understand and walk by faith, and just because you don't have it all together don't mean you don't speak the truth, right? We still speak the truth. The truth will set us or make us free or set us free. So much potential. I can have all the potential in the world. I could be the greatest speaker in the world, but if I don't know how to control my tongue, and speak when I'm supposed to, this very gift can bite me. Wait, this very gift has bitten me. I'll say it that way. God's instructions to Moses on how to pick up the snake speaks to how we are holding the things, if hold things if God wanted him to do so. How do you hold your faith? Can God get you to say, hey, listen, I want you to just say good morning to that person. I want you to buy them lunch. Hey, I want you to forgive, right? How are you holding that? How are you releasing that to God? What is it turning into? And then how are you handling it? I think that, that understanding what Moses had in his hand, yeah, the rod was good for everything he needed to carry it, but it became something greater when he laid it down before these men under the authority of God. It becomes greater. So how we pick it up. So if Moses grabs it by the mouth, you know that he gets bit. The gift should never have more access right, than the giver. Your gift should have never have more time in your life than the giver, the one who gave it to you. God should always be the greater access. God should always be the story in our life. He should be the one that gets glorified. Oh, man, you really can't speak. I know it's what God has given me to do. I know that because of God, he's given me this strength. He's given me this ability. And I lay it down for him because if he says stop speaking and go do something else, I need to be obedient to that because it will not be gifted if I do it outside of God's will. Amen. Thank you. I know. I felt the same way. You can't hold those things. The gift should never have more access than the giver. When we hold things the way God tells us, they will never be able to strike against us and God will always be greater in our life. Right? You ever walked away from a conversation and wish you had said more? Right? I've done that several times. Oh, man, I should have told them this. I should have told them that. And God says that would have bit them. That wouldn't have helped them. Right? And, and sometimes we have to just be okay with what God has told us to say and move on. 
right? Because anything else would have come out of our flesh, come out from under the covering of God. Now, that's the hardest thing in the world for me to do. Sometimes I've called people back. I meant to say this to you. <laughs> and God's like, yeah, well, find a new friend. You've lost that one. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 17, it says, And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall, and your old men shall dream dreams. The spirit of God is in us. And I was saying this earlier. It's in us for our sake, and the spirit is upon us for the sake of others. God will anoint you to be a blessing to others. As Bobby Andian said, quit praying for power if you're going to run from problems because God can't trust you with the power anyway. It is that he comes upon you. He wants to rest upon you so that you can be a blessing to others. Yeah, when you got saved, the spirit came in you, you're going to heaven. God comes upon us so we can be anointed to help others. Jesus said it, it says in Isaiah 61 and 1, it also says it in Luke 4, 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the good news. He's anointed me to do that. It's, he's upon me for you. I know he's in me that because I am God, but he's upon me for you. He's upon me to do things, to be a blessing, to help you. So God has called us to be light and darkness, and we cannot afford to dim the light and risk losing vision of what God has put upon us. So I can't. I can't, you know, your, your Jesus is too bright. You can't bring that much Jesus in here. I'm supposed to be that bright. I'm not dimming my Jesus light so that you'll feel comfortable. See, that's part of the walk that you be out loud with. I like the, the, the one friend of mine, uh, this has got nothing to do with Christianity, but the, she, she said that if, if you walk into a place and, and you tell your family members, oh, you know, um, um, I'm going to, uh, gosh, now I'm messing it up. Oh, uh, give me something to eat. Now jump on and give me something to eat or something like that. I'm messing this completely up. Or it's either I'm going to quit drinking or, yeah, something like that, and they all support you. But the minute you say I'm going to go vegan, they tell you why you shouldn't. Right? And she's talking about the minute you try to do something that's going to be good for you, you'll get more pushback. Right? That's, I guess that's the moral of that story, even though I butchered it. I think when we come to Christ, it was the same way with all my friends that I was. The minute I said, I'm not going to be doing all this other stuff. I want to serve God. They immediately said, this is, no, what's wrong with you? What do you, are you in something? Did they mess with your mind? I said, no, God, I, I, God, the Bible. I'm, I just, I want to follow God with all my heart, soul, mind, and body. My friends could not understand it. It did not make sense to them. Why would I give up the current life I was in to follow Christ? It just didn't make sense. And they said, well, we all go to church. And I said, I don't want to just do that. I want to go and serve God with all of my heart, soul, mind, and body. And he's calling me out of these places. That light cannot get dim just because it shines on other people's bad places. You can't dim your light for others. You must keep that light alive for the goodness of God. So as a body of Christ, that means we have to live a life that separates us from the world. So if we let things in our lives that dim the light by itself, they have no problems hanging out with us because we look just like them. Right? I, I, that, that's not handling your gift 
according to the plan of God. There is a great joy in discovery, and God rewards those who diligently seek him. Hebrews 11.6, he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So if I'm diligently seeking God, God, handle, how do I handle this situation? How do I handle this? How do I go about this? How do I? It's constantly about God. It's my relationship. He's a, he's a relationship God, and so that spirit begins to overflow upon us when we are obedient to God and empowers us to break limitations. You ever thought about, I can only go so far in my spiritual walk. I only get this far and then I stop. I can only stop doing this for so long. The limitations are there mainly because we're not releasing what's on us, right? Isaiah 119 said, if I'd be willing and obedient, I would eat the good of the land. I want to eat the good. I want to eat the best. I want to know that that best is out there for me. What is my best thing? Why can't I finish things that I start? Why am I not continuing? Well, again, I have to recognize what's upon me. So that is going to relate to what's in me. If we are willing and obedient, we will eat the good of the land. The journey is relational, not material, right? I I can't be caught up on what I have or don't have. I got to be more caught up in the one I have with me, not the things I I have in my possession. Sufficient grace, my grace is sufficient. As he said back in the scriptures, I know how to be a base. I know how to be a bound. I know how to be up. I know how to be down. I know how to be full. I know how to be hungry. Sufficient grace keeps us from being outcome centered and more focused on the outlook. See, when I know that my eyes are on Christ and it doesn't matter what the way things look around me because I still got a view of what God is to me. See, if I lose sight of what God is to me, it doesn't matter what I got in my possession. It won't add up to anything. But as long as I recognize what God is to me, the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end, the author and finisher of my faith, as long as my outlook sees him, outlook keeps our eyes on the Father regardless of what's going on around us. I want to have a great outlook. I want to be able to see Christ in everything that I do regardless of everything that's around me. In this world of pandemic, I still see Jesus as Lord. I still see him as the king of kings, lord of lords. I see him as my protector. I see him as my healer. I see him as my provider. I see him as all of those things, regardless of what's around me. I did not let it change my outlook. I do not let it change the way I see Christ. I refuse to let it change the way I see it. I believe God for certain things that happen in my life. And and while they're on the way, that does not change how I see God. All right, we cannot afford for it to change the photo op we got with God. In, in Luke chapter 15 and verse 20 and through 22, it's the prodigal son. Remember, prodigal son got his money. Give me my inheritance now. Go. And he went and spent it all. What a great father this prodigal son was, uh, dad was, right? Because if my kids came, I want my inheritance now, which it was just scary. Yes, we were talking about what happens if I die. Y'all remember that? What happens if I die? Who gets what? You know, what's written out? I don't know why we had this discussion, right? Before we were going on our trip. Yeah, oh, Jaira brought it up. So, and so he wanted to know what was his take if I'm no longer here. So I told him, and the look that came on his face was like, hmm. So I didn't know how to sleep with one. I didn't sleep much that night. Just thinking, is this dude going to try to take me out for this percentage that he's going to get of the little man's empire? But this father was amazing, right? Because if my kids bust up and go, give me my money now and leave and blow it, I'm going to drive around laughing at him. Like, yeah, you didn't know how to handle it. But his father was not like that. He, he, the son starts realizing I'm sitting here eating with pigs. And here's what he did. He arose and, and came to his father. 
But he, when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. It is something about the great return. The son said, I'll go to my father's house. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. I will be a servant. And, 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 and the son said unto his father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servant, bring forth the best robe, put it on him, right? And put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. I love that because no matter how long he's been gone and no matter how messed up he was, the father still put up on him, decorated him as my son. I don't care what you've been through. God still puts upon you his spirit to do his will. No matter what your day was like, you still get to come home and do the will of God. No matter what mistakes you made, he still puts it on you. Still speak the truth. It doesn't matter that you may not have it all together, but you keep the robe on because you're still a child of the most high God. I thought it was great. It's good to come home. The father restored his son and put the robe on him and completed his comeback. Completed his comeback. Sometimes we, we stay down for too long because we think like, I shouldn't have messed up. Okay, good. We know that. But once you repent, get up and move on. So God wants to just cover you and get you back in the, in the fold mentally because he never let you go physically to begin with. We have to be able to be willing to come back and we have to grab it according to his will. This time, God, I'm going to grab it better. I just believe you, I, like, even if it's my own belief in my head that I believe we had our best fast ever. I just, in my, in my, I was like, this is the best one. This is still going, by the way, in my mind. This fast is still going. We had our best one. My outlook is that every victory, every step, every breakthrough you need, every, it's still coming, still there. Still there. That's, that's the outlook. So the Father comes in, and what is upon us is a revelation about what is within us. What covers you the most? If anger is the most that covers you, it's the most that's within you. If frustration and being down, if that's what covers you, that's what's in you. And the way to change that is put the word in you, right? Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Put that word in you, and the word will be up on you when it's time for things that come your way. When things come up in your life, that's what's going to come on you. And it's going to be there for others. Like, how did you just shake that off? I didn't have to shake it off because the word of God has already been put upon me. And that's how God calls us to flow through in life. Look at this in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, because I said I was going to be good and quick. Um, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promise. And, and hold fast means that I hold it and I hold it consistently, but I make sure it's the first thing I hold every day. Hold it fast. Hold it immediately. Wake up, open your eyes, say, I hold fast my salvation with God. I'm not going to grip it lightly. I'm not going to grip it late. I'm going to grip it first. Hold fast my profession of faith and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is but exhorting one another and so more so much the more as you see the day approaching now way before we ever had the pandemic i used to hear people say well my my relationship with god is between me and god i don't need to go to church I've even heard people say, I don't need to go to church. It's between me and God, and I don't need to go to church. Well, again, that's within you, but that means you're telling God, you can't pour anything upon me because I don't want to be here for nobody else but me. Right? Because what's upon us is for others. What's within us is for us. 
And God says, I poured out my spirit upon all flesh. I never meant for somebody to just be me and them and we go to heaven together. That's not what God wanted. He wanted us to be a witness to others and be a light to others. He never meant for us to keep our light to ourselves and do nothing with it and stay at home and just keep us and God. That's not what he said. He says, I come upon you to be a blessing for others. There may be somebody in the church that just needs to see you. I mean, they get all of this with it, but they may just need to see you still standing, you still believing. So we cannot minor in commitment and expect to major in doing the will of God. Commitment cannot be minor if we're ever going to reach the major, reach the major expectations of God. So my commitment is, is, well, I may do it, I may not do it. It's just my minor. I'm not going to major in walking in the will of God. It's that. The, 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 uh, Dr. Murdoch said, you cannot uh, kill time without injuring eternity. And sometimes when we're killing time, we're injuring the eternity of what we're supposed to be. And we got to be able to take those steps back. We have to deal with the okays in our life, right? So many times we say, oh, it's okay. It's not going to send me to hell. It's okay. But that is not the purpose. That's minoring in commitment. Just because it's okay doesn't mean it's well-being. It's, it's taking what God has put upon you, and, and God is wanting to be upon you to be a blessing to others. So your okay may be sucking that back off of you just because it's okay to do all things. What is it, Brad? All things are lawful, right? But they're all things are not expedient. That's what it was. I was about to say reverse. Means all things, yeah, just because it's lawful and legal and okay for us to do it, I'm old enough to do it, don't mean it's the best thing for us to do in our walk with God. I'm a grown person. Yeah. And God wants you to grow more. And you can't grown up with that stuff hanging on you. And you have to step out. Right? And that begins to show our kids. Okay. Last, last verses. Right? Mark chapter 10, verse 15 through 17 says, Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a, child, as a little child, he shall not enter therein. Now, we haven't had little kids for a while. We're loving on, Jared and I are looking at little Nicholas White, uh, his little loafers that he's got, beast mode loafers. Um, they're white, right? He's either like in the mix with us right now or ready to go to uh, Florida. He's, he's just, he had them. He had them. Now, he kicked them off now. He trusts his parents. He'll do whatever. He trusts them. Like, y'all got to take care of me. Y'all got to change me. Y'all got to do everything for me. Trust is that's his trust. He's looking. The Bible says, Come, the kingdom of God. It says, Come, the kingdom of God is as a little child, he shall not enter in. Unless you come like that, you can't enter. It means you got to come with trust. And sometimes when we've lived long enough, we live long enough to start doubting and start questioning and start guessing. We don't come as a child, we come check, we come investigating Jesus. So way my friends were, they were investigating Jesus. It was crazy when they came to church. We were at church on the move over on uh over there off Pond Springs Road, and, and I could feel my friend during worship time when I had my hands up, I could feel him just looking at the side of my head the whole time. He never looked to the front. I just, I lifted my hands. He just, he stared at me the whole time, the whole time. And even when I put my hands down, like worship was over, he was still like, I'm going to wait for this to wear off. Like, no, I, I'm in it. I'm, I'm following Christ. I'm not, I'm done. 
Old things have passed away. Behold, I'm a new creature. I don't care if you stare at me. I'm no longer ashamed of the gospel. See, they weren't going home when I was uh, uh, going through alcoholism. They weren't, they weren't going back home. They were just glad we had a good time while we were out. But they didn't know how I was doing when I went back home alone. They didn't know what I was doing. But Jesus did show up when I was alone, when they wouldn't. And all of, all of them, they were at my wedding, but that was the last time I saw them for like the next eight years. We were good, though. Don't, don't, don't cry for me. We became youth pastors, and I had 150 new friends that were 15-year-olds and crazy. Verse 16 said, and he took them up in his arms, he's talking about the little children, put his hands upon them and blessed them. And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, why callest thou me good? There's none good but one that is God. Now this is Jesus said, why are you calling me good? There's none good but God. Now Jesus wasn't saying, he wasn't denying that he was not good. He's saying, I'm only good because of the father. Anything you see me doing good, it's because of the Father. It's because of the Father. He said, there's only one good, and the only good that I've got is becoming me submitted to God. The only way my gift is good, the only way my gift is even a blessing to others is I let God use, let me pick it up and set it down according to his will, according to the way he would have me do it. My tongue can be as violent, not profanity, but I can be quick in snapping back and making a comment. And it will not be a gift. Even though I think I win in a reward, but it won't be a gift. To the trust that keeps us connected, the trust of a child is the way we need to come to God. And that keeps us connected. I just believe. I believe that I receive that I'm going to have. The further we continue with God, the less we can take with us. And I think that's the biggest piece. The more and more I grow in God, the less I can take with me, right? The less I can carry. I can't carry this kind of behavior. I can't carry this kind of attitude. I can't carry this kind of anger. I can't pick up these kind of conversations. I can't do that anymore if I'm going to go on with God. The further I go with God, the less I can take with me. Jesus made it clear about the good. My good is based on God. James 1.17 says every good and perfect gift comes from above. And let's be that God. So let's handle the call. Amen. I want you guys to bow your heads. We'll pray over you as you handle what God has called you to do. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you for Moses and, and just the realness in his life that, that's depicted in the scriptures. There are times that no matter how gifted we are, that it can be something we just end up running from. We end up not been able to be around it because we don't really know what we're carrying. Father, I pray for each and every person that's in the sound of my voice and may feel like I have nothing to offer. I have no gift. I'm not gifted. No, no. Let me, let me tell you, you are, a, 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 you're not a mere mortal as we read early. There's something about you that God has called and is going to use in a mighty and powerful way. If you let God, just let God reveal, just lay it down, and God will show you how to pick it up. God will show you how to carry yourself. He'll show you how to carry your heart. He'll show how to carry your hearing. He'll show how to carry your voice. God will show you how to pick it up and walk with the authority and power that he's given you to be a blessing, to be a deliverer, to walk by faith and not by sight. You let him show you how to be that mother, that father, that spouse 
God, I, I got this gift, but I don't know what I'm holding. Show me what I'm holding. And Lord God, I thank you as you reveal to us what we're carrying, that Lord will understand what, what comes upon us to do your will and to be a blessing to others. And Lord, we're going to see a great revival of souls and lives being saved. In Jesus' name, everybody say, amen. <laughs> I'll say it for you. Now listen, there's a somewhat red drink out there. And then there's a real red drink. Now look who Nicholas is in front of. Look, look. Great Uncle Chris. Bringing a noise. Love it. Now there's a really dark red and it's beets. You're the only one I know like a beets. Uh, or only two. Uh, but then there's other different ones in there. But you just, uh, they're out on the table. You guys sample as much and as many as you want. And, uh, and then you guys enjoy. Amen. Well, we love you guys and you are dismissed.